This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's you, Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, The Fan. Make sure to check me out at Sparky Radio. He is Nathan Marzion, Bucks super fan. Check him out at Nathan Marzion on Twitter, like so many of you do. Uh, we are recording this here on Thursday, like we normally do. Uh, and it is a Twitter poll question Thursday. And we always uh, put out the Twitter poll question, Nathan Marzian's Twitter account. And he had a lot of reaction to today's poll question. So we'll get you the results of that. We'll talk about that uh, coming up a little bit later in the podcast. Plus, we're going to talk about NBA referees uh, and everybody seemingly having issues with NBA refs uh, nowadays in the league. The Phoenix Suns having some issues or some talk about Scott. Uh, what's his name? Scott um, Foster being a referee the other night on the bench. Everybody was laughing about him being the referee. I'm giving a heads up. Plus, we'll talk about what's more important for this Bucks team come the postseason, the offense, or the defense. But first, we'll start off with the Bucks' upcoming schedule and just how big of a deal really uh, is it. Again, we're talking about five games uh, in seven days, right? Four of those are road games uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Two back-to-backs uh, in that stretch. Uh, and then, of course, the second game of back-to-backs, because that's always important, uh, is Denver at Denver uh, and then home uh, versus the Boston Celtics for game twos. We've talked about this in the past, Nathan, as far as, you know, when do you want to rest guys, picking that game to rest guys uh, in back-to-back scenarios. If you want to give Middleton a breather, if you want to give Giannis a breather or Holiday uh, versus playing them in both games of a back-to-back. Now that we're getting closer to the end of the season uh, and probably rest becoming more of a thing, I guess, going forward, are we still on the same same uh, agreement that's probably a good idea to rest those guys for one of two of back-to-backs. Now, in the situation of Boston, uh, you want to play against Boston, obviously. Uh, Denver, I don't know. I mean, I don't... I, I mean, from an MVP standpoint, does it mean anything for Giannis playing the Joker to uh, to voters' minds? I don't know if it does one way or the other, uh, but that might be something worth playing Giannis in. I don't know if it's worth playing Middleton in because it's a non-conference game. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, so I mean, to me, I don't think they're going to take MVP stuff into account at all. Like that's something obviously that the league likes and the media likes, and they hype that stuff up. But in reality, it's like the, the Bucks are going to be focused on getting that one seed, and I'm glad that it sounds like they are. That's something they are focused on. Grayson Allen came out and talked yep. about it. He said we want to get the one seed. They have a. Um, I saw they have like a standings thing. I think it's in the locker room where they're keeping track of that stuff. They're keeping their, like they are, they want to keep this two and a half game lead and finish this season strong, which I'm like, that makes me happy because it's not something that they're just going into it and saying, Oh, if we get it, we get it. But it's, you know, that that's not what we're prioritizing. We want to prioritize health and we're going to, you know, we don't really care about that. No, they, they clearly have some motivation and 
it it eases my mind because I know that the games that you know we look at and say, oh, this is a big game for this for the standings. They're going to be looking at it the same way, and they're they're going to come out you know hopefully ready to play and at least um, giving it their best shot to win. So it's a tough it's a tough stretch here. You got five games in seven days, and then right after that you have the Sixers. So go over those five games. I don't have the schedule in front of me. Go over those five games for people. Yeah, uh, that want to know what the schedule is. So tomorrow is against the, is at the Jazz. That's and then, Friday night. Yep. Yeah, and then Saturday the next day at the Nuggets. So I heard Chris is probably likely to play tomorrow. Does that mean he's out against the Nuggets? Do they kind of just, you know, say we'll take the L in that game and maybe rest up and try to get ready for this, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday next week? Maybe. I mean, you could look at it that way. If the Bucks look at it and say – that's a game we easily could lose even if we are healthy. Should we just take it as a loss, basically, and you know, rest up for those and, and try to win the three next week? Right. Maybe they do that. I mean, maybe they maybe the guys are again, I think it's more just how are you feeling on that day? I believe if if Chris wakes up and is like, I'm ready to go and Giannis feels good, I think they're gonna just go for it. I think they're gonna just try to play these guys and win as many games possible. Um and let me so, ask you this. Do you think if Giannis throws up 50 against the Joker uh, and Joker ends up with like um, 25, six and eight or whatever that heck may be. Do you think that's enough to sway a voter at this point? Or do you think most voters minds are made up? I think it can, I think it can sway them with how close it is. You know, if it was something that, Oh, Giannis isn't likely to win it. We're basically out of it. it you're not going to, you're not going to go from out of it to, you're all of a sudden the favorite by one game. But I think Giannis is squarely in the race right now. I think there's a decent amount of people on all three sides. And so yeah. I think if, if, you know, again, in those two games where they all play each other, like I'm, I'm pretty sure I do the 76ers still play the Nuggets. I'm not even sure, but I know that, you know, we play the Nuggets, we play the Sixers still. And if Giannis can go off in those games and maybe go off in the Boston game, like though that end of your stretch, clinching the one seed and just dominating could easily be something that, that, you know, sways voters. But again, in the Bucks' minds, that stuff doesn't really matter that much. Um, I don't think they're going to be thinking too much about that. Like we have to play them for MVP stuff and Giannis doesn't care about that. So anyway, so Jazz Nuggets is the back-to-back coming up tomorrow, Saturday. Then Monday, they play at at the Pistons. Hopefully it should be a win. And then at the Pacers Wednesday, the back-to-back next night is home against the Celtics. So, you know, again, do you, you're, you're going to play the guys against the Celtics. Will they play them against the Pacers? Who knows? I I have no idea. Um, and then Sunday is is the Sixers. Then after that, they have at Wizards, home against the Bulls, home against the Grizzlies, at Raptors. So overall, pretty tough stretch. But it's nice they have a little bit of a cushion here. It's nice that you're not a game behind or a half game up, and like you really have no breathing room. I mean, the Celtics only have I think nine games left, and we have we have ten. I mean, if we go six and four, which is a bad stretch, if we go six and four, they essentially have to go nine and one to to beat us out. Right. I mean, that's they're not cool. catching the Bucks. I don't think at this point, unless the Bucks essentially go like three and seven or something stupid like that, which I can't imagine happens if they're healthy. Yeah, Let me ask you: be, it would have to be either we go way like super bad, or they they get red hot and go nine right. and one ten and zero, which they could do. I mean, they're a really good team. Like they could go nine and one ten and zero. They don't have a super tough schedule, but the way they've been playing and stuff and with how the Bucks have been playing, like there's, there's not a whole lot 
that makes me that concerned about it because I just, I look at us and I say, we've been playing such good basketball. I don't see us going worse than like seven and three, probably, you know, I think a, a lot of people are on NBA players for taking rest days and silver's mad about it and so forth. Okay. But I, I think the NBA needs to consider something going forward. Um, in the NFL, they went to changing the schedule for more drama at the end, saying you're going to play your division at the end of the year um, every year. So more drama if division races are close, whatever the case may be. I think from a rest standpoint, the, the NBA needs to start thinking about, okay, within so many days of the season ending, there will be no more back-to-backs on the schedule. Like they have to, we have to get to that point of the last two weeks, no back-to-backs or the last three weeks, no back-to-backs something to kind of help and assure that the teams that are going have a better chance of, you know, a having their players play if there's no back-to-backs and B giving these guys some rest here heading into the postseason. I, I don't know what goes into making the schedule. I'm sure a lot goes into it because you have schedule, you have all these venues that have concerts and everything else that goes along with having an NBA schedule. Some venues have college games, see the bucks that they also have to go uh, and battle with throughout a majority of the season before the NBA, before the uh, college season is done. So that would just be my suggestion to silver is there is, there has to be a way to, if we're going to have all these back-to-backs fine, but to have an ability or have the ability to have these back-to-backs early in the season when these guys are fresh and aren't beaten up and haven't played a full season. I'd rather have back-to-backs in November and December and January than have these back-to-backs in March and April at this point, Nathan. Yeah, but from the other side of it, I think you could argue that if you have them early on, guys will just skip them because the game's not quite as important. You're not trying – you know, you're just getting started. You're not trying to go super full all out in November, December. Whereas if you have them now, guys are getting going and they're kind of want to test their limits and – um you know, push themselves a little bit because we're getting to the playoffs and you want to ramp up. Sure. And so, uh, you know, again, I don't like it. I'm not happy that the Bucks have these back-to-backs, but it does, you know, if they play in them and stuff, it's going to, it's going to test their endurance and test, you know, um, just how well they're doing going into the playoffs. So that's something that, you know, could be somewhat of a positive from it. And just again, ramping up as the season goes along, I don't hate it from that perspective, but it, it's unfortunate just given that, you know, we're fighting for the one seed and we have to go through a pretty tough stretch here. But as I said, I, this team is playing so well, I don't think they're going to go bad enough and the Celtics are going to go be good enough in this last stretch to, for them to catch us. But it's largely going to come down to that, you know, not, not all going to come down to it, but a big part of it will come down to that matchup, you know, Bucks Celtics. Um, glad we have it at home. And if we can, if we win that one, we should have it pretty much locked up at that point. We'd have the tiebreaker and everything like, there should be no questions asked if they win it. Okay. It'll get interesting. But again, I still think as long as we don't completely collapse here or anything, like we should be good enough to, yep. to get this one seed. I agree with you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Topic number two here on Green and Growing. Also, don't forget uh, YouTube. We are now on YouTube as well on the Odyssey Sports page. Uh, all you have to do is go look for Green and Growing or the Curtin Long podcast, talking Packers football with Ryan Horvath and myself. Spare time bowling show. We talk about the PBA tour. Uh, all of those live on the Odyssey Sports page on YouTube. Those get downloaded a couple of days after the audio versions of it get downloaded on Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, so that's how that works if you want to uh, uh, look at our beautiful faces. All right, Nathan Marzian, here's a tweet from uh, Gabe Stoltz. Uh, and of course, uh, people know Gabe Stoltz uh, from Brew Hoop. Uh, says, after holding San Antonio to just 38.7% shooting tonight, the Bucks have now held opponents to below 45% shooting 39 times this season, a league high. They're now 36-3 and three in those games. The question is this. Will playoff success for this Bucks basketball team be more about the Bucks offense or more about the Bucks defense, Nathan? I do think it's defense. Now, obviously, both are extremely important, but I do think defense I would lean because, A, that's what we saw them excel so much at the year they did win it, where they just were such a good defensive team, such a good defensive team in the playoffs, and that really is kind of what carried them to the title. And B, if there was one side that I think they need more margin for error on, it would be the offensive side. And if you can just be locked down defensively, it gives you that margin for error that like, okay, if shooters are off, you're it's okay. Like you're, you can still win games having poor shooting nights. The turnovers have been a bit of an issue. Like you can still survive those things. Whereas if, you know, all of a sudden their defense was bad, like I, I feel like you have more margin for error on on that side then you probably do on are you you prefer to have more margin for error on the on the off on the defensive side than on the offensive side because they're so good defensively they're more consistent on that end i just i'm not as worried about them having a horrible defensive game or a horrible defensive stretch as i am about them having a cold shooting stretch and a stretch where they're not able to score super well but ultimately what one of the best things about any championship team and you know this team is they can do it on they, they do both ends really really well they've been red hot from three lately and obviously you have Giannis and Chris and Drew and Brooke playing fantastic offensive basketball and they're you know arguably the best defensive team in the league like that's ultimately what's going to win them this is if they can be good on both but again if I had to pick one it would be defense is a, a little bit more important in terms of playoff success I think for me it's it's about the offense and it's about three-point shooting if this team goes cold from three they they tend to struggle and that that's where it is. If you're going to get beat in a seven game series to Philly or the Celtics uh, or somebody in the Western conference, in the NBA finals, I'm guessing maybe I'll be wrong, but I'm guessing it's because you shoot like 25% from three in those four games that you lose or 30% from three. And you don't shoot the three all that well. Um, and that allows them to pack it in and allows you to miss wide open shots. That's going to be a problem. If you're hitting wide open shots, the rest of the offense is wide open. Uh, and you know, there's lanes to be driving to the rim for Giannis and everything else. If you're not hitting those threes, uh, the offense gets a lot more tough for this Bucks basketball team, it seems, uh, in the half court. And they don't use Brooke Lopez enough around the rim in the half court when they do get to struggling, which is another beef that I have with Bud. But either way, maybe that'll change in the playoffs. He tends to adjust to the team he's playing in the playoffs after the first couple of games, shown he can do it enough to win a championship. They have a roster to win a championship this year. So hopefully he's able to pull the right strings and make the right moves in the postseason this year uh, to go win another championship because I firmly believe they should be the the overwhelming favorite at this point uh, to win this damn thing. Uh, so we'll wait and see how it goes. All right, topic number three. I have a quick, 
I have a oh. quick counter. I have a quick counterpoint. To, sure. So you said if they go cold, it's you know obviously going to affect their chances. But you you think that has a bigger impact on whether they can win a championship than because defense. I don't I don't worry about the defense. I should say this. I don't worry about defense as long as Brooke Lopez is out there. Now, if Brooke Lopez gets hurt, okay, well then that changes everything. Then defense becomes the bigger priority. We've seen Brooke Lopez is a complete game changer on the defensive side of the floor by what he provides. Uh, when he's out there. We saw it when he didn't play the other night. So I don't worry about their defense. I more worry about their three-point shooting. And they're deeper this year, and they're better. Right? Crowder, Joe Ingles has been feeling it. We'll talk more about him coming up with the Twitter poll. Uh, he's been feeling it from outside with three. They've got enough guys now where it shouldn't be a problem. But that that is still my fear because the NBA is so largely dictated on making three-point shots nowadays that that really is a large piece to the puzzle. I see if the bigger fear is that the offense could be, you know, could fall down, that to me makes the defense more important to, because that means you can fall down a little bit. My counterpoint is that in the 2021 playoffs when they won the title, they only shot 32% from three. They were like, yep. what arguably the worst, or they were uh, the third worst three point shooting team in the playoffs that year and still won the damn title because they were the number one defensive team. And, you know, to me, the shoot it like again in the playoffs when you rely a little bit more on your star players and a little bit more on Giannis and you lock up on the defensive end, the shooting becomes a little bit less important. It's still huge. It's still, you know, you know, the game ultimately largely comes down to making or missing shots, but they're not just chucking a ton of threes. It's a little bit, okay, running, running more sets and running more stuff for your best players. Chris mid-range shots, Giannis getting into the paint, Drew in the pick and roll. Um, you know, Brooke, either threes or down low, but like you're not relying on your role players quite as much offensively. So I think you can survive if they're not hitting a ton of threes because you can just give it to your best players more and again, lock up on the defensive end. So again, that's my argument is that they, they showed it in 2021 that they didn't have to shoot super well and they still won. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, do you consider NBA officiating to be a problem? Now the Phoenix Suns, Monty Williams went off in a post-game presser about free throw differential uh, in one of his games. And Nathan Marzian, again, if you don't follow him on Twitter, Nathan Marzian, that's your fault. He's always got the numbers, always pointing out, uh, you know, bringing some sensibility to different issues around the NBA. And you quickly jumped out there on Twitter and started laughing at Monty Williams for complaining about said free throw differential. Please explain. I'm just, okay, so I'm tired of the Suns complaining about the officials because and it's one thing to complain about the officials say, Oh, we, you know, we should have got a couple of calls down the stretch. And I, you know, I thought we were unfairly officiated. That's that's, you can say that, but their argument is always this team shot this many free, our opponent shot this many free throws and we shot this many yesterday. He was like, they, the Lakers shot 46 and we only shot 20. Guess what? You are the, you take the, your team takes the fewest shots per game around the rim in the NBA the most mid-range shots, you're not going to get as many free throws that way. That's your style of play. It's like a it's like a team that runs the ball a ton, complaining that they didn't get as many pass interference calls as a team that threw the ball 50 times. Well, no, like, of course. That's just, your, your style's not going to get those. doesn't mean, you know, and I'm not saying the Lakers didn't get some calls and the officiating was perfect by any means, but, like, at least use a better argument than, like, like I, you shouldn't just have this thought of, there should be even free throws. And that means there's even officiating. No teams play different styles. Some teams are going to get to line more than others. You know, the Giannis is going to get to line more than 
a ton of other players because of the way he plays. That doesn't just mean he's, you know, all oh, the officials like him more. No, he drives the paint a ton. He's going to, I also hate when people are complaining about how Steph Curry only shoots five, six free throws a game and Giannis shoots, you know, 12, 13. And you're comparing him to these big guys that shoot. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. They play. I know they're both superstars, but they Curry's not going to get as many free throws as big guys. That's just how it works. Um, and so that's my thing with this, like with the sun specifically is I'm just tired of them using that as their, as their complaint when it's just, okay, if you want more free throws, maybe attack the basket, maybe get a little bit of rim protection so that you aren't forced to follow. That's the other thing is they don't have rim protection. Right. So then they're forced to foul everyone as soon as they get into the paint. Okay. You're going to not, your, your, your free throws are going to be a, there's going to be a big disparity there. I do think that there is a little bit of, of an officiating problem. I mean, I think it's becoming a little bit too hard and this isn't, this isn't saying that games are officiated unfairly, but just overall, I think there's a bit of a problem with defenders not being able to do much. And yep. it's, it's too far in favor of the offensive player where, you know, like and the NFL. It, yeah. And it even happens with Giannis sometimes. Um, I mean, so many times he drives in, he's getting contact. He's, he's, he's drawing contact and he's, getting actually fouled, but there are, there are, you know, times where it's like he drives in and he's not, it's not Giannis's fault because Giannis doesn't foul bait. He's not out there flopping and stuff, but he'll drive to the paint and it's like someone's playing pretty good defense on him and they still call a foul because you bumped into him a tiny bit or you, you know, and so it's, it's like, you got to let these guys get away with something, you know, or not even get away with, you got to let them play defense. Otherwise, you might as well just let the guy drive right past you because if you touch him, it's a foul. And if you get in his face at all, it's a foul. And that happens around the league. And even on jump shots, it's like you can't even contest jump shots because you're going to get in their landing space or they're going to flop. And it's going to just be a, a it's going to somehow end up as looking like a foul. And the, other, the, the, the thing I hate, and someone tweeted this, I don't remember who it was, but I saw it this morning. The thing I hate is that they fall so much for either flopping or just hitting the ground. Like if you exaggerate contact it'll get called but if you didn't exaggerate it it would not have gotten called and it's just the slightest stuff you know you guys driving and he just kind of tilts his head back or something right. and just makes a little bit of a move like they'll they'll call it and it's like that doesn't mean there was contact like you gotta you gotta be better at noticing when there actually is a foul and something that actually is you know uh, like should be called or just a guy exaggerating and a guy trying to get a call i i do have problems with it and I think that I hope I hope it goes back a little bit the other way of you know letting defenders be able to defend more and not completely favoring the offense. What about because I can't remember another time this has happened? And you you old guys out there that are older than me, um, you tell me how many times you've seen this happen in the NBA because I can't come up with one. Um, obviously, we know about Donahue getting kicked out for the gambling or whatever the case may be, but I don't think I've ever seen a referee get demoted in season ever. Uh, and I definitely have never seen a referee get demoted in season because of a player going crazy. And that's what happened. Fred Van Vliet uh, went off, if you remember, a couple of weeks back uh, in that video going crazy about Ben Taylor, uh, who was a head referee, um, and he's no longer the head referee. <laughs> he got demoted for the next several games uh, off of that deal. And dude's been in the league 10 years. I mean, I, he's 37, so he's been in the league a long time. Um, and Van Vliet clearly had issue with this dude. Um, and just let it all out. I don't care if I get fined, whatever. I'm drawing attention. Somebody needs to go look at how this dude refs. Pointed up. NBA obviously must have went back, looked at looked at in some film and said, 
I think he's right. He's not doing his job correctly. Like, you're done. Uh, and they, you know, they didn't suspend him. He's not missing paychecks or games, but he's demoted. He's no longer the head ref on a crew uh, when they go to uh, to an NBA game. I think as an NBA fan who has issue with referees, that should be uh, positive. I think in NBA fans' minds that the NBA did do something because we always talk about why don't they fire these guys? Why don't they suspend these guys? Like they do players when they don't do their job or uh, do something wrong. Well, the NBA just did something. Yeah, exactly. That's the one thing. Everyone wants some accountability for the refs because they're the ones that, you know, they, they, they don't dictate the game as much as players, but they have, you know, it's, it's somewhat close. Like you could argue that, you know, calls and stuff dictate the game just as much and they don't get held accountable. They make a wrong call. And we talked about this on the pod before, but make a wrong call. And it's like, they'll come out and say, okay, that was the wrong call, but we're not going to change anything. We're not, nobody's, nobody's getting any accountability. It's just, we made the wrong call. We screwed up. Cool. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not like, that's not how it should work. They should, yeah, again, either be fined or be, you know, have suspensions or demotions or at the very least make them, you know, make them get up on the, do a press conference after the game and like have some accountability of, Hey, what, what did you see on this call? Like at some explanation behind it and, you know, something, some transparency, something along the lines there of, you know, just, just making them more accountable. They do though. They do have a referee that does talk to a, the, to a pool reporter, one person that gets to talk to the referee after game. If there's something controversial one way or the other, it just happened the other night when the Mavericks were on the wrong damn side of the court uh, and weren't down there and they had an easy basket. And that referee came out and explained what happened and pretty much said on our fault. They pretty much misinterpreted what was going on out there on the floor. Uh, and then obviously Mark Cuban was ballistic uh, it pretty much said, I'm appealing this. This is this is stupid. This never should have been allowed to happen. So again, more refereeing being brought into the spotlight. There was a pool reporter there. He answered the question as far as what the referees did in that situation uh, and how the NBA reacts to this. We'll see. Uh, but as of right now, nothing's changed or nothing has happened. They claim they did the right thing. Yeah. Is that, is that new where they no. have a re- No, nope, they've done it. I don't know. They did. They were doing it back when I did a post game show. Uh, but See, but I think it's only in situations where there is something like that that's controversial um, and needs to be talked about one way or the other. Uh, then that that occurs if uh, if if the media are saying to like the Bucks, right? Hey, man, we want to know about this, whatever else. I think then they go like, okay, fine. We'll you guys get one guy figure out who it is. We'll get the head referee to talk to you guys after the game. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. We can double check with Eric Name and Ozarski, but I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. You're breaking up. I can't hear you. Try again. You know, they're okay. They might talk to one person or there might be like a, a kind of behind the scenes thing going on. But it's like, I think, I think some people want that to be more in the forefront and be, you know, put a spotlight on them and kind Kind of of like the, the head coach goes up to the podium. You want the referee to do the same thing. Yeah. Or, you know, again, anything that will draw, like, like put a little bit more pressure on them and just like, let them like, it kind of, Give them some feeling of, okay, I have a little bit more pressure to do my, do my job right. Because, again, it just feels like they can mess up and they kind of know that even if I do mess up, yeah, people will be mad, but it's not the end of the world. I'm not right. – you know, nothing's really going to happen. Yep. Um, and I just – I think some people kind of get bothered by that. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. All right, last one. Time for you to tell everybody your Twitter poll question again. If uh, you don't know, on Thursdays, Nathan Marzian uh, will put out his Twitter poll question uh, Thursday mornings, usually at Nathan Marzian on Twitter. 
Uh, and then we go over where the results stand uh, as we record the show and uh, discuss the results, which way we would have voted versus what everybody else voted. Now, this one is fresh off of Joe Ingles, you know, shooting really well. Uh, but having said that, Nathan Marzian, what do we got? All right. So which of these guys would you trust the most in the playoffs right now? Uh, the, the, um, what are the, the candidates are Pat Connaughton, Joe Ingles, Javon Carter, Grace Allen. Which guy would you trust the most? So Joe Ingles won 55%. Javon Carter was in second, 22%. Pat Connaughton third at 17%. And then Grayson um, expectedly was in last at 6%. So to me, that there's definitely a lot of recency bias in that. And there was about 2,500 votes. So there's good good amount of recency bias. And I'm not saying you can't have some recency bias because he is playing super well. And if you just believe he can carry that into the playoffs and everything. And even you though, on Twitter said you're impressed by how well he's done on offense. Oh, he's been awesome. I mean, yep. it, I didn't expect him to have this level of shot making and scoring. Like I was more, okay. He's going to not score a ton, but he'll be more of just a ball handler playmaker. Um, than then a, a super, you know, big shooter. I, I know he can shoot the ball, but it, I didn't expect him to be a shooting 58% in the month of March. But anyways, so to me, I, again, I know he's been playing bad. He's, he's struggling. I can't, I think Pat Connaughton is my answer. He wouldn't be in my playoff rotation. If we started today, he, he wouldn't be in my rotation. He, but, There's but here's no the way it, you can justify that dude being in the rotation. And, and I was going to, that's what I was exactly what I was going to say when we got to this, when it came up to whatever and you say, Grayson was last Grayson's done more lately than Pat Connaughton has as far as having games where you're like, okay, he's hit some shots. Here we go in the last month. You can come point at games. Connaughton, you can't. Connaughton is a, I play hard, I hustle hard, they like me, Bud loves me, and I'm going to get into the game and play. And that's fine if, if that's his reasoning is, well, he's an energy guy, I guess. I think Javon Carter can be an energy guy uh, as well. Uh, of those four, Allen and Connaughton, and you can pick which order, rightfully belong on the bottom of that poll, in my opinion. Like, I think they got it right. I would have voted the same way. I would have won Ingles, Carter, and I don't know. I don't know about Carter and Allen. I don't know. Uh, but it definitely would have been, Carter would have been second behind Joe Ingles for sure, without question. And then after that, you can debate between Allen and Pat Conton. But again, to me right now, and it's going to be matchup-based, right? You've talked about that, yeah. Nathan, as far as some series. Maybe you'll see a lot of Conton. Other series, maybe you won't see a lot of Conton. Uh, and that'll probably be how it works. But to me, I just, I don't know, man. I've never been a Pat C fan to begin with, and he hasn't done anything to sway me going into the playoffs. And now they're deeper than they were. So now there's really not as much of a have to go play him. Otherwise, I have to play like Bryn Forbes or somebody. So like you're no longer in that situation, thankfully, uh, to where he has to play. So there, there's my Pat C rant. Go ahead. To me, and, and as you said, it's going to depend on the, the series and everything. And I think, with Grayson and with Pat and with all these guys, honestly, it's good that you have all these options Yeah, because as, as you just said, I mean, if, if guys go cold and if Grayson sucks and if Pat still sucks and it's like, okay, we have other guys we can play over them. We're not yep. locked into those guys. And that's what's the beauty of this team right now is that they're going to have so many options. I just, to me, like, I don't trust Grayson Allen. I, I, and I, I've been a Grayson Allen guy, but his defense isn't going to, it's horrible. He's going to struggle defensively in the playoffs. Pat's defense is much better. Mm, and agreed. Pat Pat was Pat has he's always been streaky. 
He's like, if you go look at the 2021 season, he was really good in the playoffs for us, right? He was. Right before the playoffs, I think it was a 10-ish game stretch right before the playoffs. He shot like 29% from three. And then he goes into playoffs and turns it on and is awesome and is a huge part of our, and it's, so I'm sitting there going, okay, we've seen this movie before. Pat struggles and, you know, he, he's going through a bad bad stretch and everyone's kind of like, oh, is, is is Pat Connaughton bad? Is, should he even be playing? At the beginning of the year, everybody was telling me how great Pat Connaughton was because he started was, off so exactly. well. Remember this that? How- oh, Pat C, Sparky. Pat C, look at how good he is now. And I said, y'all, settle down. We're like a month in. Let's just yeah. see if he's playing this way all year. And sure but- enough, sideways we go and we're back to the same old Pat C. But this is my point: is that he's he, he had he's already had this year some hot stretches. He's he has, obviously going through a cold stretch. What's stopping me from thinking he's going to get to the playoffs? He's he's comfortable there, and he's you know on, he's becoming due for a hot stretch. He is due. Mm. So what? Like I and and again, he's the one I like of of these four besides Javon Carter. I probably trust him more defensively than Ingles or Grayson overall in a series. Like if I'm going to play them big minutes. And he's done it before. I mean, he's been in these games. I, I still, I can't, I can't shake my trust for Pat. Um, like Pat's to me, Grayson's someone who's like, they do not have my trust, and they have to do something to earn it. Pat's like, you do have my trust until you know, if we get in the playoffs and you're struggling, okay, you've lost my trust. But Pat has it right now. Grayson doesn't. Javon and Ingles are kind of in the middle. I mean, we've seen, we saw bad Ingles for the first, you know, coming off weeks or whatever. Yep. Yeah, we're but and again, there's a chance that you know he's he all of a sudden comes back down to earth and it's like okay, his shooting you know all of a sudden goes into a slump and you're not giving you a ton defensively you know okay do we do we want him to play? There's so many different ways this can go. Um, Javon obviously is going to be good defensively. He can sometimes be a little chaotic offensively, so I don't love having him out there a ton. Um, And and I don't think he will be. I mean, you're going to have Drew as a starter and Javon's in that backup role, which is a perfect spot for him, but that's my whole thing. Pat is the one guy on this list that I'm like, you firmly have my trust, like from past experience and from everything until, you know, if you, you can still lose it, but he has it right now. So I'm still going with Pat. Ah, that's fine. You can go with Patsy uh, because he's going to play folks. Hey, for those of you who are like, I'm with Sparky. Well, you may be with Sparky. It ain't going to matter because you ain't bud. So bud's going to play his guy and bud's going to play Grayson too. Cause bud likes Grayson. So they're both going to play. And they're probably both going to play minutes when we're both, all of us are screaming at the television, get him off the floor. Why is he on the floor? And Buzz be like, ah, he, he provides veteran leadership. Uh, he does this well. He does that well. Uh, he looks good when he runs in his shorts the other side of the court. I like watching him. So we're going to leave Bud in there. We're going to leave Grayson in there for a little while. Who knows his reasoning on half the stuff he does. But he's won a championship. So from that perspective, for the most part, you have to just trust him at this point. Trust me, it's hard for me to trust Bud. But it is what it is. He's got a championship ring. He's done it before. This is a better roster than he had the last time. The road through the East, to me, if you go back and that that Nets team that they had to go through, Philly that year was the one seed. Uh, Everything that they had to go to get through there with the roster they had was incredible. Now they have, as far as I'm concerned, people in Philly and Boston, you want to argue with me, that's fine. As far as I'm concerned, they got the deepest team in the league right now. So you want to roll against the Bucks? that's fine. But I am expecting a championship at the end of this season. And if it doesn't happen, I'm going to be pissed. So just beware. Really, really pissed. Because like Rodgers and like Brett, you aren't going to have these guys forever. This offseason, what's going on with Brooke? 
What's going on with Middleton? There are questions. We aren't guaranteed anything as far as who's back, who's not back going into next season, and how long this is going to go. Giannis has a couple of years left on his deal. Then see, we'll see what happens with Giannis. Like, the window's not going to be open for the next 10 years. That, that, that's my point in all this. It, it's, it's just not. Hey, look at him being in Philadelphia right now. He thought, rightfully so, he had a, a nice large window. If Harden picks up and leaves and goes back to Houston like they're saying, he might be screwed for a while until they can get another star there to go play with Joel Embiid. You just don't know how this is going to go. Injuries and whatever else. And when you have these opportunities to capitalize and finish when you're healthy and they're healthy, right? They weren't healthy last year, but they're healthy now. You have to finish, man. You don't want to be in a situation like a Packer fan going back. Damn, we had Giannis all those years. We have one damn ring and one finals appearance in that whole time. Because that's what Packer fans are doing right now about Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. One damn Super Bowl appearance. And the man's going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You got one damn appearance. And did I love the Giannis appearance? Yes. Did I love the fact that I got to see a Bucks championship before I died? Yes. Very cool. Love it. But he's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be one of the greatest of all time when it's all said and done. You got to get me more than one. Yes. And they will. Three months. It's a nice smirk. They will spark. Don't worry. You're getting all worked up. They got this. Don't hey, worry. This it. is the thing. The difference between, because I, you know, I'm very positive when it comes to the Bucks usually, and I'm not that way with the Packers. And I'm very like, I don't trust them. I don't, I don't think that they're going to do enough to, you know, build, put a team out there that can win a title. And like, I just, I don't. And I don't, I criticize their management more. I criticize their moves. And with the Bucks, I'm very much more like, I believe in what they're going to, like, I, I trust these guys. They won me a title just, you know, two years ago. Right. Probably won it again last year. I trust this big three with my life. Like, I just, I, I trust these guys. I believe That's in good. them much. Like, I, at the end of the day, it's like, who do you want leading your team more than Giannis? Nobody. And by the I, way, speaking of trusting your team, Bart Winkler brought this up the, uh, the other day on Twitter. Folks, losing a regular season game does not mean they're going to suck in the playoffs. And this nonsense, all season long, every time they lose a game, and God forbid they lose two in a row, it's always, oh my God, this team sucks. They're going to have to do this. What are they doing wrong here? Y'all need to chill the hell out. They they are the deepest team in the NBA. We've been saying it all year. Marzian was getting pissed off at you guys earlier in the year. Y'all just need to relax. Seriously. This is not the Bucs battling to get into the play-in tournament and every game means something of whether you're in the play-in tournament or you're out of the play-in tournament. This isn't the Bucs battling to be a top four seed to have home court advantage in the playoffs. It's not. Who cares? Fine, they lost the other night. Who cares? Move on with your life. There's other things. You want to stress? If you're a Brewer fan, stress about what they're going to do in the next two years when Corby Burns, Brand Woodruff, and William Adamas are all free agents, and all of them are probably going to walk away because they can't afford to sign any of them. You want to stress? Stress about what Jordan Love is going to look like with two inexperienced wide receivers, no tight end, and a running back in Aaron Jones, who we all love, who's probably done after this year. Stress about Joe Barry and that crappy defense. Stress about that. This Bucks team, there's no need to stress about anything. You don't have to stress about anything probably until, I don't know, middle to end of May. You got two months of stress-free basketball. Just chill out, relax, have a cigar, have a whiskey, a bourbon, whatever y'all do to relax, and chill the hell out and quit overreacting to every little damn thing in a regular season game. Y'all are driving me nuts. 
I was much more calm about this early in the season when Nathan was overreacting and being pissed off. I was like, ah, whatever. But now we're here. You're the one seed, the whole deal, and we're still overreacting to crap. Stop. Hold on. Hold on. When did I overreact? I was no, the one. You were mad that they were overreacting. Oh, and you okay. were telling them to chill out. Yes, wait till Chris yeah. Middleton comes back. Wait till Joe Ingles comes back. Then let's see what we got. Everybody quit freaking out. You were telling them to stop. And I was like, yeah, you're, you're right, Nathan. But I wasn't getting mad about it. You were getting mad. Like, this is nonsense. Just everybody chill out. Now I'm at that point of getting mad and telling everybody to chill the hell out. So I finally reached that point. You finally broken me. Uh, so congratulations, Bucks Nation. There you go. Here's Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, at Nathan Marzian. Bucks super fan. Fun follow. Uh, you can follow me at Sparky Radio. Boring follow. Uh, and green and growing. Download these podcasts Tuesdays and Thursdays. We record around 5 o'clock. They get posted uh, that night. Uh, and definitely, uh, if not that night, definitely by the next morning. Check it out. Tell your friends. Tell your family members. Green and growing is a place to be. Have a good one. We'll uh, record again on Tuesday. Toodles. Toodles.